Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Susan Slusser, and today we welcome in A's rotation hopeful Chris Bassett, who discusses what he learned last year and why he thinks A's starters are underrated. Then Yahoo baseball columnist Tim Brown talks about last year's surprising A's team and the outlook for this year. And is Chris Davis the league's most underrated star? All this next on A's Plus. Today on A's Plus, we are very happy to be joined by A's starter Chris Bassett. Chris, is this your fourth year going in with the with the A's organization? Yeah, me, Simeon, and Fagley. We're uh, we're the old timers here. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah, you're like one of the the grizzled veterans yes, in this clubhouse. Yeah. Very weird. A lot of turnover, and it's like you look around from like first year we got here, and it's like. There's nobody left, so yeah, I don't so know if that's a good thing the, or bad thing. The guys from the Samarja trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then there's a few guys who are now back who've been here a long time ago, yeah, like yeah. Pennington and Anderson's obviously mm-hmm. back, and um, a few other guys like that. But yeah, you yeah, guys are the old guard, Levens. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how are you approaching this spring? It seems like every year you're kind of in a completely different, um, I don't know, uh, category for the yeah. A's. How do you see it this year? Uh, honestly, I think it's gonna be the same. Um, I mean, starting just who knows when and where kind of thing. But I mean, just I mean, obviously baseball is kind of going through a little thing, the different thing with opener and all that so weird stuff going on. So now it's just more just whenever Bowmel and Emo tell you to pitch, go ahead and pitch. I mean, besides that, there's really nothing else to talk about or like worry about. I mean, just stay healthy and be ready when, when called. You, you kind of learned that, I think, really clearly last spring. You came in and you were pretty vocal about the fact you didn't understand what your role was. And to be fair, nobody really did. And I think we, we might have contributed to that because we kept saying, like, what are you doing? What are you oh, yeah. doing? And we, and we didn't know. You didn't really know. And I think you, you got a little frustrated by that. Is that yeah. fair to say? No, it, I mean, definitely. But, I mean, looking back at it, I think it was more just I mean, I'm super comp- competitive and I wanted to, wanted to truly compete for a spot and everything else. But I think looking back on it, it was more they were – one, I think they were – questioning if I was still healthy from Tommy John, which is fair. The year before that was a whirlwind. It was crazy. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I think they were being just protective of me and I I kind of fought, fought that. And obviously looking back on it, I wish I didn't do what I did, but at the same time, um, it's hard to completely change your spots kind of thing. So I mean, the competitiveness, I just need to make sure it's generated and, and it's directed in the right way. Right. Well, and you're also very honest, which I think, yeah. you know, sometimes is, can help somebody and, and in this case might have bit you a little bit in the oh, butt. Yeah. But um, I think the team, you know, obviously later in the season, you wound up kind of being the yo-yo guy mm-hmm. going back and forth. And uh, I, I know they felt like you, you handled it really well. How tough is that role going, being the guy that's on kind of the shuttle back and forth to Nashville? Uh, it's, it's, it's not fun. Um, Physically, it's not fun. Um, there's a lot, lot more work. Just to, I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to the trainers and the strength coaches and stuff like that because um, there's a lot of workouts that you just can't do. There's a lot of extra rehab that you have to do just because I mean your body is just not ever feeling good. Um, so I would love just to be in one place and not be on a, a plane bouncing back and forth. But I mean, at the same time, it's. I don't know if it's a, a good thing or a bad thing that I've handled it so well because I feel like it's kind of like he can do this, so let's do it kind of thing. So um, at the end of the day, it's it's whatever the team needs to win. Um, I was unfortunately on teams here that were really bad, and it was not fun to be around. So 
Um, last year was a lot more fun, so I would rather do what I did last year and win than than be up all year and it might, might, might be stupid when it comes to finances and contracts and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, I mean, you want to win, and so um, whatever whatever the front office, whatever Bowman and those guys think, like, hey, we need you to do this and that to just to give us the best chance at the end of the year to win, that's what I'll do. And then, um, like I said, unfortunately, they that might not be great for me, but at the end of the day, whatever we need. And after the, the few years before that, as you mentioned, kind of tough years for the team and for yeah. you, uh, what was it like to be able to contribute at times for a team that was making a big playoffs push? You came in a few times when they really had a big need and, and helped out a lot. Yeah, I mean, it was fun to pitch in a meaningful game. I mean, we I mean we spent two years of basically just like, it's unfortunate, but we were in like a mode of like get through the season, like get get out, get to the finish line. Just obviously try your best, everything else. But like, it was. I mean, it's it's not fun to go to the ballpark thinking like how we're we gonna lose this one. And it was a complete 180 last year of like, it wasn't like so much how we're we gonna lose, how we're we gonna win. I mean, there's just so many different aspects last year. From, I mean, obviously the bullpen was insanely good, but I mean, so many weird different scenarios of like people just stepping up over and over and over. And it was just, it was fun to be at the ballpark. And that, that was something that I'd never experienced with the A's until last year. Uh, what was your offseason like this offseason versus maybe the last two? Were you still a little limited last offseason? Is this the first time you've kind of been full go? Did we have a nice normal winter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say this this year was the first offseason from surgery that I like picked up a ball and felt normal. Um, I to, to say that I was I, I thought I was back last year, but looking back at it, I, I just I, I wasn't. And kind of the the stats and the the performances I had, kind of I'm kind of shocked by them just because I, of how I felt. I knew I I knew I knew how to pitch, and I knew I, well, I was good enough to perform there, but I was still not fully back physically. I wasn't back just because of kind of what you alluded to about not being able to work out the way I wanted to work out, not being able to like train in the offseason the way I wanted to train and the training wheels and all that finally came off this offseason I feel this is the best I felt and I, I know a lot of people say like this is the best I felt but like, I, this is truly the best I felt for three four years like I I feel really really good so I mean I feel like that's kind of why I'm so confident in the fact of all the people saying like whatever they want to say about the starting rotation or whatever like I, I don't care because I know when I feel the way I feel right now that only good things are going to happen and I'm like I said I'm just really excited for this year how, how different a pitcher are you from maybe when we saw you sort of regularly in 2016 how different are you now oh I mean <laughs> 2016 like those years I mean I, I the game was so fast for me I'm, I'm definitely like a high energy don't really handle a lot of things coming at me at once but I mean I feel like the game slowed down so much and I I've had even though we had some bad years, I had just such a great opportunity of like working with Sonny and working with Kaz and working with Jesse Chavez and guys that like were really smart baseball wise. And I took so much from them. I still still take a lot from all, the, especially the older guys we have now. I mean, it's just like just the knowledge that I've gained throughout those years has allowed me to make this game go so much slower. And like I've alluded to a couple times with like Lizardo and like it just. He has a special knack of 
slowing the game down, and that's so rare at a young age. But like for me, it took it took until I'm dang near 30 years old for the game to kind of slow down the way that like some people it, it's just a blessing kind of thing. How do you do that? Is it surely a mental thing? Is it a preparation thing? I mean, really, how do you uh, make it slow down or just sheer repetition? Yeah, I, I think it's just more repetition. Um, a big league stadium will definitely overwhelm you at first, and then the more and more times you do it, the less and less overwhelming it can be. But, I mean, I mean, you go into, like, Yankee Stadium, if you're not overwhelmed a little bit there kind of thing, I don't think you should play the game anymore. So, I mean, I mean there's some... There's definitely times that I'm like, holy crap, the game's the game is flying right now. But um, for the most part, yeah, it's just it's just being out there, and I have definitely have not seen everything, but I've seen a lot. So, so uh, you've been through a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the ups and downs, and the surgery, and being sent to AAA and sent to, sent to the big leagues, and just nonstop and then being on a plane and still compete and all that stuff I feel like it's just it's it's toughened me mentally more than physically just because I, I'm like I don't know what you can throw at me right now to make me uncomfortable so for that I'm I'm, I'm thankful but at the same time I'm like all right please enough of it <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so you mentioned you alluded to the opener thing could mm-hmm. you see being a guy who's maybe like the second guy in the follower kind of guy or whatever it is that we're calling it if you, how comfortable would you be or oh i mean i i've always loved relieving i, I i've always i feel if you if you're truthful with like my mentality my mindset i'm i feel like a relief pitcher might actually fit my personality a little bit more than a starter i feel like like starters are more even keeled and don't get me wrong and some of the best I mean some of the best starters in the game have that just like killer mindset for 100 pitches but um for me I feel like it would definitely be fun to say hey here's 15 pitches good luck but uh I enjoy I do enjoy starting I mean there's so many positives to starting I mean you can you know your routine you know your schedule and all that stuff so I've I've been able to do that but I mean I'm definitely not against any other role I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna fight it but like I said like I know it's so cheesy to say but it's like really whatever the team needs like I, I'm gonna do like I don't care whatever they need I'll do it like but I would rather win and be in a weird role than lose non-stop and do what I want I just assume if somebody in here is gonna get put in a weird role it might be you <laughs> odds are very good very good very high that I will be thrown into a very weird situation yeah good but you're ready to handle it now yeah yeah um how do you see things with the rotation i mean i think that's coming into the season we talked recently about how that's kind of been maybe the one question mark about this team and you were pretty Mm -hmm. strongly um saying that you you think no matter what happens to the rotation this this is a team that's built to win yeah um i i I don't see a reason why and I, i i realize it's it's easy to point at the rotation and say this is the weakness of the team, and I I do understand that because, I mean you have Gold Glovers on, on the and all around the field. You have, I mean veterans and and on defense that are just unbelievable. Um, then the bullpen is obviously possibly the best in baseball. So what's the weakness? The weakness is obviously then the starters. But at the same time, I'm, I, I look at it, I'm like, I don't know how you don't have, like, confidence in Mingdon and you don't have confidence in, in Montas and obviously Mike. And, I mean, you have you have guys like Estrada and you, you have guys that's like, I don't know if that's really a weakness. And um, 
I'm excited kind of have this group of starters kind of prove to everyone like, hey, like maybe they're not that bad. Like I, th- I think I think there's like a little target on our back that thinks like we're not good. And I just I just see that and kind of laugh because like I don't know what you're looking at or who you're looking at because they've had a lot of success in the big leagues. So, I mean, like I said, as a, as a team, I mean, yeah, we are the weakness, but I don't think we're that weak. How about overall? How do you see things with this team making a playoff appearance last year? Kind of a surprise to most of baseball, yeah. probably not necessarily so much to the guys in here, but 97 wins is a, is a great season by any measure. Oh, yeah. Is this something that you guys can build on? Yeah, we can build on, but it's, it, um, it's going to be harder. This year is going to be harder. Um, every single series we, wa- we walk into this year, we're not going to catch a team off guard. Um, and I realized at the, at the end of the last year, I'm sure teams were like, hey, we know who's coming kind of thing, but it was always in people's reactions and thoughts were like, eventually this run's going to end, and it never did. So this year I don't think people are going to be thinking that. People are going to be like, all right, we got to get ready. Like, There's, just a, there's a little different mentality to teams. I, and I, It shouldn't happen, but it does. It's, it's human nature that you have your best efforts versus the best teams. And we are going to get everyone's best effort this year. So to, to, to think even remotely for a second that this year is just going to be easy or we're going to be where we're at from, like, because of last year is kind of ignorant. But we definitely have the pieces to not only do what we did last year, but do better. I mean, we want to win it all, and that's obviously the goal for the team. That's a perfect way to wait, wrap things up. Thanks so much for joining us. Chris Bassett. Thank you. Thanks to Chris Bassett for joining us, and I will be right back with Yahoo's Tim Brown. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today on Ace Plus, I'm delighted to welcome in one of my oldest friends among baseball writers, Tim Brown of Yahoo.com. Tim... Uh, you've been covering baseball for a long time. Last year's A's team was a little unusual. Uh, what, what did you think of them going into the season, and, and what was your uh, impression as the season went along? Well, thanks for having me, Celeste. Old being the uh, operative well, word here. For both of us. Um, you know, uh, let's see. I was blindsided by the A's like everybody else. I didn't think they had near enough pitching, and a lot of their position players were, you know, I just wasn't as familiar with them as I was with some of the teams that say uh, contend every year and you see those guys and you get comfortable with sort of who's next up. And uh, I loved what the A's did. I, I, I can't, I still have a hard time believing they got, they won what, 97 games with the pitching staff they had. It was a remarkable job. And, you know, when people ask me about them now, I say, you know who nobody appreciates enough is Bob Melvin. That's for sure. Because he pulls every last inch out of teams. Um, and when they get good, they get great. 
And because they win games in all those dark little corners where most teams lose games. Um, so suddenly you saw a team that could play defense. Suddenly you saw a team that, you know, relative to a lot of teams you see, uh, actually thought about some situa situational hitting at times. Um, and, you know, the way he handled that pitching staff uh, was, uh, was genius. Um, you know, obviously when you can lean on that bullpen, um, you know, it, it, uh, he just handled it really well. He, he recognized what he had and pushed the gas pedal on that. Yeah, you're 100% right. He really, it's, it's funny, he's won three Manager of the Year awards now, but he still seems to kind of go under the radar. There was a point last season where he, Billy Bean and David Forst were all unsigned still beyond this year, which is not the A's usual MO. And there was some scuttlebutt like, oh, hey, maybe this might be it if the season doesn't go right. Maybe we might wind up seeing somebody like Bob, maybe even on the other side of the bay. Thankfully, the, the A's did their thing and everybody got wrapped up. But um, yeah, it's... Uh, it shouldn't be a fight for somebody like that to get in a contract extension. No, I wouldn't think so. And, you know, I always feel like um, Billy and David in particular, they know what they typically know what they have in a manager. And, um, you know, I mean, sometimes they seem to live with guys who maybe they shouldn't, but but they just they're, they're very loyal. And I think for a long time, we sort of took that as uh, an opinion from the front office that maybe managers aren't all that important. Oh, I think they said it even. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's true. Uh, but then when you get a guy who's who's good at the job and you recognize uh, there will be years where uh, there just is no winning. And, uh, you know, the A's have had plenty of those years as well, but, but that's not the fault of the guy who's standing on the top step. Uh, what were your impressions on some of the A's uh, bigger contributors offensively last year, particularly Matt Chapman, who was in his first full season and, and was bothered a little bit by some hand things and still turned in a, a pretty remarkable year? Man, he is so sneaky, right? I mean, you look at him and, and you, you see him standing there and your first thought is not like elite athlete uh, or anything like that. And he just, like as as the year went on, if you watched, a, I mean, you saw 150 games or whatever, but you they would come into town and you would watch them over three games, and uh, by the end of the third game, you 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 wanted to adopt him. He, he's <laughs> he's just so good, so solid uh, everywhere, and I think uh, I may have seen him a couple times in spring or maybe early in the season where he kicked a couple balls, and so I was wondering where all the uh, uh, sort of the, the defensive reputation had come from. And then I think he was basically Brooks Robinson for the rest of the year. Yeah. So um, Won the platinum glove. <laughs> such <laughs> such a nice player. Yeah. Um, just really sturdy, super sturdy. Yeah. SoCal guy. Yeah, I know. Much like yourself. Arenado guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Arenado, same high school, which is, that's crazy. What right? a high school. Right. Start, just said scouts there and nowhere else. Um, Chris Davis, is he the most maybe under the radar uh, slugger star kind of player in, in baseball? I think so. Um, you know, I was looking at some numbers of his today. Um, second among active players in home runs per at bat behind Giancarlo Stanton. Um, just uh, again, um, you know, I, I think it probably helps to get him out of the field a little bit and so you can just focus on what he does really well um, quiet does his thing incredible power I, I do think he gets lost in the shuffle with guys that um, perhaps play in the bigger markets 
Um, but it does seem like at the end of every year, you look up and you think, wow, Chris Davis had another great year. Um, uh, and I don't know why people overlook him, particularly on a 97-win team. But uh, Still hasn't made an all-star team. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, again, I think, uh, you know, maybe, maybe because his, his batting average probably not exactly where he wants it to be. Well, it's 247 uh, well, every single It's exactly year. where <laughs> we all expect it to be. Um, that's the weirdest thing. Yeah. That's the weirdest. 247, four years in a row. Yeah. Actually, I went, went through today just out of curiosity what he did in his final at bat over those last four years. <clears throat> And every one of them changed it finally to 247. It wasn't like he was sitting at, you know, 246 and a half and went to 240. It was, it all got him to 247. Um, yeah, that's, no getting around it. He's embraced it now, which good for him. You should. I mean, he, I, I'm actually surprised. He should get like a necklace or something with just 247 on Change it. Change his number to 40, 247 somehow. Yeah, something that adds up yeah. to 247. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very impressive. I like him. What do you think about them this year? Because they uh, obviously they somehow weathered this uh, you know, massive pitching injuries last year and patchworked their rotation. But they're going into this season with, I, I think it's fair to say, still fairly thin in the rotation. They sign Estrada, they bring Fires back after initially non-tendering him, uh, and then they recently signed Brett Anderson. But it's a little bit of a, you know, guessing game from that point. Jesus Lazardo's got a shot to be here at some point, um, obviously. If, you hear good things about him. Very good things, yes. Left-handed. Parkland guy, right? Yes. Um, so we will probably see him at some point. But it's a little bit of a crapshoot. So can they pull off some sort of magic again, uh, even with more starting pitching questions? You know, the bullpen's still strong. And teams seem to have found a way to work around what we all thought, we've all thought for years was sort of this dearth of starting pitching in the big leagues. Um, and instead of just having a guy stand out there and wear it, um, you know, they they work around it. And Bob was really good at it last year, and I'm sure he'll be good at it again. And I'm sure there'll be guys who step up, um, you know, having fires for a full year. Um, that's good. I think Marco Estrada is, is another one. Of, he'll be a perfect day because he's underrated. Um, and I think they'll sort it out. I, I just do. I think there's depth there. We just don't know who they are, which is another A's thing. You don't know who they are, and suddenly they're here, and they're good ball players. And uh, you know, I, you know, is it 97 wins again? I don't know. I mean, I felt like there was a little bit of pixie dusk in that in in places. I think so. But uh, you know, is it? Uh, can you expect 90? Sure, um, absolutely. I, I still think they're the second best team in the division, which may mean another wild card game. But um, you know, still, still a team that will kick and scream and fight for all those inches that you need. Now, from afar, were you, how much attention were you paying to the Kyler Murray situation? And did you were you sort of surprised by the the whole thing? Does it will this keep teams from maybe looking at players like that? How do you see it? I mean, I think it sucks for the A's, um, particularly given who they are. And the bottom line is. You know, the ninth overall pick is not in the organization. And, and if you look at the top 100 draft, uh, top 100 prospects, um, there's 10 or 12 or something from this past draft who are already in the top 100. And probably half of those the A's could have chosen instead. Um, but I don't see it as a reflection on MLB and, and, you know, sort of that grassroots movement over the last several years to, to get better athletes in the game and to be. 
to appeal to those players and things. I think it's such a unique situation. And, you know, at the time, I didn't think, oh, that's a dumb pick. I thought, okay, let's see how this goes. You know, I mean, I think there's a possibility, given uh, given his size and given sort of the, the, the lack of uh, baseball he'd played in these very formative years where when guys start racking up lots and lots of at-bats and start finding who they are as hitters, that at 21, 22 years old, he may not be great at either sport, um, but uh, I, I certainly think he was worth the shot in baseball. I know, you know, the A's are, are sort of playing that game of, well, you know, we took our shot and that's it. And, but it's got to hurt. It's got to sting just because of the importance of that pick. Um, but I think halfway through the year, you knew what was going to happen. Yeah. This kid is is just, you know, electrifying on a football field. And you could see his heart. He, he went from... No, I'm a baseball player. I'm a baseball player. Suddenly, there was some conversation. Otherwise, you know, and we'll sort it out. And as soon as he started to sound like maybe he was on the fence, you knew he was knew. full bore football. Yeah. And uh, I think his representatives knew, and his family certainly knew. Yeah. Um, so I'm rooting for him, and I think he's 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 a fascinating. Uh, subject i just don't think you can lay it on oh well boy black guy for baseball because he didn't i, I don't it's I, we won't see another one like this for a while right and they, you know what the a's have said for a while now we're high risk high reward this was a high risk potentially high reward we're, we're willing to live with that and if football doesn't work out we take them back in an instant and you know you never nfl quarterback is a very tough thing to project uh, much like you know any other sport but that's particularly a position that's been over the years tough to project and he is on the smaller side so you never know we could be talking about kyler murray again this time next year or the year after absolutely when, when he put out that statement my first thought was today Right, right. You know, I mean, we'll find out. I, I've I've had two 21 year olds yeah. <laughs> that I right. attempted to raise, and, and I know how this goes. You know, right. their whatever they're passionate about today may be different tomorrow. So. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Now, since you're a national baseball writer, I can't let you leave without asking you about the current labor market and where things potentially are headed, uh, especially with Harper and Machado still out there. How unusual a situation is this, and uh, does the system maybe need some reworking at some point? Well, it felt really unusual last year. Um, it feels unusual again this year. Uh, I think there's an awful lot of stuff in play here. Um, I, I do believe part of the reason is um, the analytics. Everybody is basically playing from the same deck here. Um, and, uh, you know, Bob Melvin mentioned this earlier when we were talking to him that um, there is a shift to now why are we paying players for what they've done in the past? when you know this is maybe the only job in the world where uh, you're paid for what you did in the past and and the expectation going forward is well he was great in the past right, so right. let's give him six years <laughs> yeah you know I, I i think that the fact that of the top 15 free agents still out there a big percentage of those come from the same agent right um and and i admire scott i, I think he uh he is doing what he believes is best for the player, and ultimately the player is in charge. Right. Scott Boris is their employee, uh, and so I, I don't feel like they're being abused or anything in any way. I just think that um, you know Scott has a sense of how things should be, and he will go to the mat for that. But that's part of what we're seeing, um, you know. And I, I do think this there is a notion that 
you know, I think both Machado and Harper wanted to sort of breach that Stanton mark of 10 and 3.25, and I think the Stanton contract happened in a in a in a moment that was different than we've ever seen before. Right. You had a you had an owner that that was going to sell the team that was never going to be on the hook for any you know almost none of that 325 million, uh, and so that came that came out of the blue. And uh, I, I just don't know if you're going to be able to top that. So, um, you know, I, I'm concerned. I, I do. I am uh, sort of pleased that even if it's a little clunky at times, the union and MLB are already in conversation three years out in front of the, the CBA expiring. I think that's a good thing. Uh, only good stuff can come out of a conversation, or at least everybody knows their position. MLB forwards some pace of play stuff. The union comes back with, you know, what about all the tanking? What about, which I think is healthy. Let's start the conversation now so we can start to get our arms around some of the bigger issues in baseball. Yeah, they do seem like they at least have good discourse now, even if um, they're far apart on, on a lot of things. It's better. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we will. In three years, we're not sitting here filling time because there's a, some sort of labor <laughs> stoppage. Right. Yeah. Tim Brown, thanks so much for joining us on A's Plus. Thanks, Lus. Thanks to Tim Brown for joining us on Ace Plus. You can find all of his fine work on yahoo.com. And on Twitter, he's at tbrownyahoo. Also, check out his New York Times bestsellers, The Phenomenon with Rick Ankiel and Imperfect with Jim Abbott. Thanks for listening. Our producer today was King Kaufman. I'll be back later in the week with more from the Ace Spring Training in Mesa, Arizona. And later next week, it will be John Shea from The Chronicle filling in on A's Plus. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at sslusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.